This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to just say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available on all party at party ass. Ooh, what in the world is that word? Audio pop, <laughs> audio podcast platforms. Oh, this is not starting off well today. It is Monday, so yeah, make make sure you guys, you know. You know, pray for me because, hey, we, we, we got off to a little rocky start, but we're going to keep this bad boy rolling. Yeah. I can rem- Remember, whenever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We are there. We are appreciating you guys for leaving us those five-star reviews. I know a lot of people are talking about how scared they are for me threatening them, you know, but you guys have listened. That's all that matters. Don't forget about the scary part. You have listened, and we really appreciate you for that. We're up over 3,200 subscribers on YouTube. So if you have not subscribed, go ahead and do that for your folk. We really will appreciate that. <laughs> T, the Atlanta Braves, they doggone kicked the crap out of the Astros. They kicked the crap out of the, the Mets. And we're going to talk about all oh, the major takeaways from the uh, oh, what happened over the weekend. And... Woo, the Jets and the Falcons got into some joint practices. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing Super Bowl from t- Jets analysts. Hell no, ain't no way in the world. We'll talk about that. And last but not least, and for the culture, I got DeJounte Murray is in the news again. And I absolutely love it. Now, but before we get to all that, T, we got to talk about the Braves that you lose yesterday. Um, a really great performance by Charlie Morton. He is looking stronger and stronger every day. I think this dude is – I don't know what Charlie Morton takes in the second half of the season, but he needs to keep doing that because he, he had a good outing. Unfortunately, he got, didn't, um, didn't get the win. Right. But you know, um, I think that I think it was, that was a, I think that if you can have a, a solid take a so, good takeaway from that particular game, mm-hmm. it's definitely that Charlie Morton still is looking really good right now. Yeah, I would agree. And you know, if we look at it for the whole homestand, like you said, yeah. going five and two on that homestand, where coming into a Jarvis, we heard so many pundits talking about, oh yeah, the Braves went on you know a streak in June, and then they followed that up with a, a late July, early August streak, but against good teams it was everybody that was sub 500 okay what do you have to say blah, now blah, 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 because blah. right they held their own right? <laughs> right and in the two games that they lost they were still in it until the ninth inning so that right. speaks volumes to that to what they were able to do as well in walking away getting ready for hopefully a relatively easy series against the pirates and then of course you know a little bit of a challenge there again with the cardinals but i say that to say to me that was the good the good was you came up against the Mets and you showed and proved that you were not going to do what you did two weeks ago. And then you didn't have a letdown. It, you know, the, the the emotion of what you did against the Mets, you didn't allow it to, to spill over and then have a hangover for the Astros or a letdown. Other thing that I thought was good was the pitching. I just, in addition to Charlie Morton, I really was so pleased to see Kyle Wright just kind of bounce back from, you know, a little bit of a struggle there and just kind of seeing the Braves, uh, you know, Spencer Strider, another one who had, uh, yeah, just so very encouraging. Just the confidence he has on the mound. I just get amazed at Attitude. I'm amazed at how confident he is on the mound. It's just, 
throwing 100 mile per hour gas, I'll probably have that same amount of confidence as well. <laughs> but you know, and, and you and I were two individuals who from the gate, when Spencer Strider made his comments against the Mets, we were like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you, yeah, you no problem with have that, that dog in you, say what yeah. you say. And, yeah. and, and walk, you know, he, he walks the talk. And the other yes. thing is this, that we try, hey, look, we give the flowers when we're supposed to, and then we, we go in when we have to. But I want to also give those flowers to Brian Snicker from being very for being very strategic heading into the series in terms of how to use his pitching staff to get himself ready for the Mets so that he could have uh, Max Freed, for example, ready for the likes of Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. And so I, I also think that he did a good job in managing his resources for not one but two big series. You know, I, I, I said for – I've said this like right after that series over with against the Mets. I said mm -hmm. that man, he outmanaged um, Buck Showalter uh, for sure. I, I I give that to him hands down. But we're gonna talk about some ugly and some bad from what happened over the weekend. But he, before we do that, tell the folks about some good they can get from going to BetOnline.net. Yeah, so there is good because, of course, when you go five and two on a homestand, you also whittle away that Mets lead in the NL East. So if you guys are watching on a daily basis to see what the betting odds are for the Braves to win the NL East, then betonline.net is where you go because literally they've got all the sports info, all the betting information that you will need. Now, we talk about that in terms of what you might see with that NL East race. Also, sports developments. Jarvis and I are going to talk about it a little later. The Hawks tried to do some things. Didn't kind of work out. But what does that potentially mean in terms of their odds going up and down? So league reviews for MLB, for M NBA, or, you know, the Falcons are just a couple of weeks away from the open of the regular season. What's that looking like based on what they've been showing in the preseason? All that information is right there at betonline.net, but also niche sports like MMA or golf. You'll find their information there as well. So as always, stick around, hang out with us. But once you wrap up checking out ATL Day Ones, next step is to go to the website today, betonline.net. You could go on your phone, your laptop, any connected device. And of course, that's where we go to because we like to get the ins and outs for all of the teams that we cover and all of the teams that compete with the teams we cover. So again, that's betonline.net. That's where the game begins. No doubt about it. T, I'm going to go ahead and crank this bad boy and start it off right. The bad for me was Marcel Ozuna actually being in the starting lineup at left field, in left field. Like, like, like where are the Falcons? I mean, not the Falcons. Where are the Braves right now? Like, they are at a space where they have to put him in. And I think we even got a little bit more bad is when they talked to Brian Snicker after the game, and he's talking about, he's like, yeah, he's still on the team, so and I needed a left fielder, so that's yeah. what it is. I was like, whoa, whoa why is this dude still on this team if we've been right. talking about like this in yeah. this manner? <laughs> like, exactly. this is bad. This is bad. I think, you know, the report of Ken Rosenthal talking about, you know, they're going to let the legal process come mm -hmm. and play out, and then yeah. more than likely he's going to be released. And I think that – that is the perfect solution for this because this is bad right now because he is bad on the field, he's bad in the field, and he's bad off the field. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just a lot of bad yeah. going on right now and with this situation. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's time to move on. And whatever the cost is, we'll let it be, T. Yeah, and that's one of those things where you say, darn, I really kind of wish we would have offloaded him before this situation happened because, I mean, you could have. And although you would have taken a financial hit 
ultimately speaking, it would have been well worth it because, I mean, he literally, and not the human being, I'm not being disrespectful to a human, but the player was worth The player, yeah. The player was yeah. absolutely worthless because the only place he could give you something, because like you said, liability in left field. So the only place he could give you something was at the plate. And oh my God, that was scant. I mean, and I'm, I'm being nice about it. So yes. yeah, yeah, because it was 183, then it kind of bumped up to 214, then it was trending back to 183 for his, you know, average. And and so again, and then I, I thought about this too, and this is now going back into the man side of it. Right. Where was the humility when he did speak to media after the game? Where was the humility to just realize that? No, this isn't a situation that you found yourself in that, you know, sometimes you've got to work through so that you can get better and it's a good thing. No, bro. Not an injury. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? No, we're not talking about a Mike Soroka situation, which by the way, he had another decent rehab star. But we're not talking about that situation where it was out of his control, where he had setback after setback. You made a decision on a game night somewhere outside of Sandy Springs to do what you did. That was a conscious decision that you made. So now it's like, okay, Braves, we understand this isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL. There's probably not a conduct clause, if you will, where you can use that as an out to get him out of there. So yes, now, like you said, the Braves have to allow the legal process to run its course. But yeah, his days are most definitely numbered. And I think it was just one of those things where Brian Sticker was like, okay, I've got some injuries. I need to have some days off, kind of rotate people out and give them a breather. Dang. Well, he is still on the rock. And he is. Exactly. And that's exactly how I, that's exactly how he probably looked when he was writing his name. And he was like, God, dang, bro. Gotta put this motherfucker in. So I definitely, but I think, you know, that's definitely the bad situation. But I think the ugly, it had to be him going to the plate, booing him going up to the plate, and booing him for after stri- striking out. I was just like, man, it can't get no bad, no worse than this. Like, like it, I think this is the bottom, right? Like, not only do, are you not doing what you're supposed to do off the field, yeah. you get on the field and continue to doing what you weren't doing before. You, right. you didn't do what you were do, supposed to do off the field. So it's it's just a, a, a situation that I believe that I think that Snicker is praying that Eddie Rosario – Hamstring doesn't tighten up on him anymore. And uh, Mr. Gross Man or Nasty Man, like how I used to refer to him as, is going to be ready to roll for the rest of the season because this is something that – they need to move, and it needs need to move, T. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Once Eddie Rosario is ready to rock and roll, and Robbie Grossman is good to go, I think that, and we know that, you know, he, he could throw William Contreras out there if he needs to. Yes. But what, yeah, so he's got a little bit of backup, but you kind of had to make sure that when Contreras needed to call a game, he was available to call a game from the catcher's position. But once all of those things, all of those chips just start to fall, and this legal process will probably land concurrently to it, then, yeah, it's absolutely time to move on because, yeah, that was no question the ugly part of this. No doubt about it. But what we hope is more of ugly is tonight when the Falcons take on the New York Jets tee. You got guys, you got Jets analysts talking about the Jets look remarkably better than than the Falcons and potentially could go on to be in the Super Bowl. Like, I can't wait for this game tonight. We'll talk about that next. 
what we're looking for. We're going to give you some objective, you yeah. know, observations to look for tonight as the Falcons get ready to take on the Jets. Don't go anywhere. This is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra, and that is Jarvis. And you guys are our number one rider dies. And how do we know this? It's because you guys have us over 3,100 subscribers over at our Locked On Sports Atlanta network on YouTube. Keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you. And also, don't forget, it is just as important for you guys to go to wherever you get your podcast, download this podcast, give us some five-star reviews, and tell a friend about it. Because, hey, we try to bring you guys the most amazing content each and every day. And speaking of most amazing, Jarvis, now that we are down to a three-game preseason versus the old four-game preseason, this game, two is now the old dress rehearsal, right? Yeah. So, assume, Surface right, narratives, T. Surface narratives. <laughs> yes. So, assuming that everything goes well, because they're supposed to have uh, some weather conditions uh, up in Jersey tonight, but assuming that everything goes well, then certainly this will give us a preview of the things that you and I are looking forward to seeing, the things that we need to see in order for us to to see where this team is and kind of decide in some way, shape, or form where they're going to be in the regular season. But before we do that, let's take a step back and talk about the joint practices. That was something that a lot of the players, when we spoke to them last weekend, they were really excited about the opportunity to just hit somebody. I remember remember Elijah Wilkinson mm -hmm. telling us he yeah. was just excited to hit somebody else and exactly. go up against somebody else. So the joint practices definitely gave them that, even with no pads on that Saturday practice. There was still a lot that you could kind of take away. So when you were able to kind of review some of the, the highlights and the footage and kind of follow what happened in joint practices, what was maybe a takeaway or two from that? The one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that you start to see, you know, Marcus Mariota maybe struggle a little bit. Desmond mm -hmm. Ritter was – you saw some of his struggles and you saw – the, the amazement and the awe that people were in when they saw Kyle Pitts put on a uniform like they had never seen him before. Oh, my God, this dude is amazing. Like, yeah, would y'all watch any games last year? So I, I think that, that was – it was cool to see, you know, Caleb McGarry said, you know, he was looking solid, okay, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in past rest situations. And, mm -hmm. and I think that my guy, my favorite guy, of course, I got to mention him, Jermaine Johnson, who I wanted the Falcons to draft. He ended up getting a sack, so I was like, yeah, man, see, dang, why I always got to be right when it comes to defensive linemen, man? Why I got to be right all the time? But, yeah, but I think it was, I was, it was it was definitely cool to see, you know, the quarterbacks be put in situations where – control situations where, hey, you're going to have to throw the ball. Like, yes. throw the ball down the field. You know, that's going to be something you have to going to have to do. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that once the game gets going tonight, I think that's – what you're going to start looking for. Okay, yeah, you understand that you can use your legs and move the ball up and down the field, Marcus, because mm -hmm. yes. he only he only had two completions, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, against the Lions. So I think that that's something that you have to kind of really keep an eye on. But it's mm -hmm. good to see them to get that work in practice. So, hey, mm -hmm. come game time, hopefully they can make the necessary adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the first team offense, eh, it was a little iffy there because they couldn't convert in one of those two minute drills. And that's really where you want to see when that other team is bringing that pressure. You want to see how the offense reacts overall to that pressure. So that was something where I'm like, mm, I'll be watching to see if there's some adjustments that will be made for tonight's game. But some of the good and I'll say uh, say a little bit of not so good again, and then we'll mm -hmm. go into the good. But yeah. one of the not so goods as well is and it's a rarity. So it's nothing that is alarming or concerning for overall the first team defense 
was kind of one up the Falcons first team defense that is was kind of one up by the Jets first team offense you rarely ever see somebody outdo AJ Terrell yeah. but we did see it just one time again not really that to me is not that negative because then I come back with the positive and I like what I saw with Mike Ford a couple pass breakups when they yeah. were in seven on seven and mm-hmm. always for us it's encouraging when we see Isaiah Oliver do anything is he's coming back off that injury and we're trying yep. to assess exactly where he is so just mm-hmm. to be able to take that pass away kind of in the back of the end zone that's always a good thing as well so i loved what i saw in those two instances and of course like you said we are going to always love what we see in kyle pitts and we'll talk a little bit more about him in a few minutes but yeah to me he was another one of those positives on offense now what are we looking for tonight we've now had training camp joint practices you have a preseason game under your belt and we know we're 10 days away from another roster cut so what is it that you're looking to see in this game tonight maybe some growth in some areas or with some individual from game one to game two i want to see joe flacco be put on the ground so i'm speaking to the defense so lorenzo carter on (laughs) ebicati d'angelo malone I need you guys. Grady Jarrett, I need you. I need you. I need you guys to put the quarterback on the ground. Jalen Dalton, go ahead and prove to see why you, you know how you've been getting all those reps lately. Yeah, I need you to go ahead and go ahead and get home. I also want to see Taquan Graham get home again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had the penalty and everything like that. So, yeah, I want him to get home. I want him to continue to thrive. I want him to continue to grow. I want him to continue to prove that – the Falcons were justified in drafting him last year because I know for – I had no reasons why to. I'm like, okay, why did y'all draft this dude again? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to I want to continue to see that. I wanted to be able to trust this regime when they when it comes to defense alignment because Lord knows we haven't trusted one in quite some time. I would probably say about 20 years, you know. <laughs> like it's been since they drafted somebody that's worth, uh, worth a, a flip. <clears throat> I've got to keep it clean right there, T. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, for me, I, I wanted to definitely see, because Joe Flacco, he's not a mobile quarterback. He's a right. statue back there. Yep. And if he plays, you know, I think, because, you know, Robert Saylor is kind of, kind of being a little bit coy about whether or not the starters are going to play or not. So, right. I, I think that if Joe Flacco's in the game, put him on the ground, please, sirs. Yep. Absolutely. And before we talk about where I want to see some growth, Jarvis, let's talk about what we always love that's Speaking of growth, homegrown right in our backyard here in Atlanta. Got to talk to you guys about Coffee AM. Oh, my God. This is coffee that's never tasted so good. It (laughs) is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster, and it is the best one in the entire country. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now because I remember just this morning when I was getting up, I needed to pick me up. I was trying to figure out, like, oh, my God, what am I going to try this time? Because all of it smells great, but I had to go to that 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 rain i had to go to take a trip to the rainforest tea and oh my gosh when i put that coffee in my mouth pause um it was great it tasted amazing i was uh, immediately awake i was just like oh yes time to start my day time to get going but so you know if it's something that you know you need need to pick me up and you want to be able to taste some really really good coffee you need to just want to just smell some good stuff mm-hmm. go to coffeeam.com and here's what they're going to do once you get there this is for Locked on Sports Atlanta listeners, just for you and viewers, listen in closely. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on, and then there's going to be a little coupon code box. I want you to go ahead and get your fingers ready. Start typing in the little box, 
locked on and you're going to get 15% off your first order. And you're going to be able to purchase coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever you want. You mm-hmm. go do it. So once again, put in the code locked on at coffeeam.com backslash locked on and you're going to get 15% off. Go there today and taste the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. And like Jarvis said, that is a But you know what else would be a pick-me-up for me? Growth in the run game. And not a lot because it yes. was nice yes. to see a respectable solid. 86 yards. But I would love to see his Can you see it again, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I want to see more. Uh, growth is give me 14-plus mm. yards. Give me, give me to 100. Okay. And now we're starting to talk about something because if the run game can even uptick that 14 plus yards, then we're talking about two things. We're talking about the fact that we're probably seeing more than just Cordero Patterson do his thing, but we're yes. seeing some of those other backs giving us something that we need to see to know whether there's just quantity in that running back room or if there's quality as well. And that also means we're getting what we need up front from that O-line. So I'm really, really looking to see what we're going to get out of the run game. But also I want to see if we're progressing and doing it when it matters, Jarvis. So not just on a first or second down, show me some third down conversions or if you get to a fourth and third and shorts. Yeah, exactly. And if Mm. you happen to get to a fourth and short run game, I need you to convert. I need you to convert, and I need you especially to convert in the red zone. That is still something that we're looking to see this season and in the preseason because that's going to kind of indicate for us whether or not you can, once you, especially once you get in that low red zone, if yes. you can actually convert that into seven points. The other thing is this. We talk a lot about, obviously, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end one, if you will. But I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to mention it again. I'm looking to see what it's going to look like down the depth chart. And Geronimo Allison is one of those people, one of those wide receivers who is truly on the bubble. And that takes nothing away from Bird or any of the other ones, Auden Tate, who might need to show and prove as well. But I believe this is a game where Geronimo Allison, you're going to have to do something in order for you to make that roster when it gets cut down to 80. And finally, you know, it's interesting because we noticed at last week's practice at the Benz that Dean Pease was putting his DBs in some different looks, right? And so especially those nickel guys kind of moving them around. I just want to kind of see how that works out tonight. So I'll just kind of have my eyes on the secondary as well, just to see if they're moved around. Now, that being said, and I'm going to give us a little time ticker because you know you and I can go and go and go about the Falcons. So one question, one answer. What's most important for you to see on offense or defense? You can only pick one side of the ball and you can only pick either one individual on that side of the ball or one unit on that side of the ball. What's most important for you to see tonight? I want to see what's going on with Jalen Hawkins. Because, you know, we've been kind of questioning, like, are you at practice? Where you were at practice? You started off at practice, and then you disappeared. Then you come back, and it was like, now Dean Marlowe has been working, rotating in the starting position. So I, wanna, I, want, I want Hawk to go ahead and prove, like, hey, man, you're supposed to be the guy this year. Get whatever whatever reason is. Like, I haven't done my research yet. I'm still working on trying to figure out what's going on with him. Haven't quite figured it out just yet. But yeah, I want to see Jalen Hawkins get some get a pick. I want to see a pick tonight um, against the New York Jets. That's where I, that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with unit execution on offense, O line, 
own the line of scrimmage. Now, Jets coach Robert Sala called Kyle Pitts. I thought this was hilarious, so we got to get it in really, really quickly because you and I are like, y'all didn't know. But anyway, he calls Kyle Pitts, quote, create a player. So Salah said he is a creative player on Madden. That's exactly what you would look like. He's going to be a dynamic football player for a long time. Anytime you get a chance to see just different avatars, well, they just, they're just different. When you get a chance to go up against those guys, looks different, feels different, elevates, teaches you a few things. Well, Pitts was ranked number 91 on the NFL 100. They called him a unicorn. So now it's creative player on Madden, unicorn for the top 100. Has Pitts finally put this league on notice? I think so, um, because like you know, like what the second tight end in, in history to the, uh, catch for a thousand yards, like that's mm-hmm. like that doesn't happen. And, and as many great tight ends that have come down in the history of the league, especially in the last twenty five years, that that's a that's saying something. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta respect that. So I, I think that. And then when you add to the part of what we talked about on this show as well, how he wants to be a good blocker, he wants to add that to his repertoire and. His defensive coordinator is starting to see some of that improvement already. Mm-hmm. You're talking about dangerous. Yes. Dangerous. When you're talking about him coming in the game in the red zone and the playbook is wide open, he can, Arthur Smith can call whatever play that he wants. Mm-hmm. Man, y'all better watch out. The, need, the league's already should be on notice like they are, but you're talking about some – some worldly beating type stuff going down this year if uh, Kyle Pitts is able to sustain that growth on there and even get a little bit better. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something else to watch. Indeed, indeed. And KP's also adding to his arsenal, just improving his route running. So putting all of that together, (laughs) cannot wait. We already knew it, but it seems like the league is on notice as well. And you know what? And for the culture, we'll be talking about one of our Hawks players that continues to put a newbie on notice. He keeps telling you, not today. We'll talk about it in For the Culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And we also want to say thank you for making for downloading our podcast because we know you can get it wherever you download yours, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Core Media, Whatever, spot you know, whatever, wherever you download your podcast, we are there for you. And when you're there, make sure you leave us a five star review. We really appreciate that in advance. Now, T, this is for the culture is the intersection between sports, entertainment and the culture. And sometimes it's whatever the hell we want to talk about. But that's how we get down. Now, we all know about what was going down with DeJounte Murray when he was brought onto the team. He was traded. For a few first round picks, well, three mm-hmm. first round picks, and and you know, the Atlanta Hawks were able to do their thing. Travis Slank is working these phones and trying to, you know, make the Hawks be an East contender, um, a contender in the Eastern Conference. Excuse me. So I think that when we got this word of the package that was put together. Mm-hmm. to try to trade for Kevin Durant, I don't think we were too shocked. T, not right. this show. Um, they said that they offered. A first-round pick because they didn't mm-hmm. have that many left because they traded on for DeJounte. Uh, <laughs> one first-round pick, uh, John Collins and uh, DeAndre Hunter mm-hmm. for the um, for Kevin Durant. And um, the Nets probably, were, they respectfully declined. Um, and, and I think that, you know, given what we know that the uh, Brooklyn Nets want in return mm-hmm. for that, we kind of understand and we get yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of interesting 
anything else as far as they may have moved you a little bit from this from this deal or it's kind of just like ah all right let's move on <laughs> right exactly because like you said really didn't have maybe as much to give like they you know really maybe didn't have enough assets for whatever it was that the nets wanted maybe they were looking at more future assets so that they could have some flexibility and some ability to kind of have bargaining chips down the road for whatever it is that they want to do. But I right. will say this, the, it, while the terms weren't shocking to us, because I mean, John Collins has always been on the table. And then yep. when you kind of think about a uh, Kevin Durant, you kind of know you have to give up that next guy. And that next guy was a wing. Yeah. yeah yep. you, you exactly. got to give up. And, and, you know, you also think about it from the perspective of this, which is the one thing I do like about the deal. And that is anything that shows us that the Hawks are willing to just throw their hats in the ring should be encouraging to everybody because that's the kind of thing that we're always complimenting Alex Anthopoulos on. Right. We may have dodged a bullet in the Falcons going after Deshaun Watson, and you may not have liked how it went down because it all it kind of expedited Matt Ryan's departure. Indeed. But look at it from this perspective, the aggressiveness that you saw in Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith in year two that should encourage you that they're not afraid to throw their hats in the ring for some big fish as well. Again, not talking about it from the Deshaun Watson perspective, just talking about it from the perspective perspective of that is what you want to see out of your GM, some wheeling and dealing. So yeah, I like the fact that Landry Fields and company at least tried to put forth an offer to get Kevin Durant. Was it a you know, long shot, absolutely. But if oh, you're a Hawks fan, you should be very, very encouraged that this team was going after a big fish like that because that's probably what they're going to do in the future. And one more thing, who knows what's going to happen with Kevin Durant? There's a good chance he is a net to begin the season. But let's see what happens midway through the season when maybe some teams are a little bit more amenable to being a part of a three-team trade and maybe the nets are a little bit more amenable about their asking price. But again, like the fact the Hawks tried it. No doubt. I I've, I love the fact that, you know, Travis Slank is thinking like this, like, because, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is the best general manager in Atlanta. Like, that's how you go. That's the only way you're going to try to uh, unseat him from that is forward thinking and being aggressive and trying to do everything in your power to compete mm -hmm. and not worry about feelings. Because yes. feelings, at the end of the day, winning secures all. <laughs> we all, we know that for a fact. Now, as far as, Another guy who I feel is, is winning is DeJounte Murray because we all know how much we love. I know for me, I love the petty. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I exemplify the petty sometimes, you know, and, and I think that, and I laud the petty when it comes. But I think in this particular situation with he and Paolo Bancaro, and there was a Paolo Bancaro versus DeJounte Murray part due um, in, in the crossover league. And, you know, obviously it was headlined by LeBron James and Jason Tatum. They played in – they made their debut in the league as, um, as well. And I think that there was a play where Paolo and DeJounte were going up against each other. Mm -hmm. Paolo fell to the ground, and DeJounte Murray helped him up. And they kind of embraced. And, like, like, all right, cool. And, and I think that as much as I want to see this rivalry continue and as much as I think the NBA wants to see this rivalry right. continue right. because they are playing very early in the season – Right. Um, I think it's pretty cool that, that these guys kind of, you know, like, all right, man, you know, we're all good. It's all love. Yes. But, you know, please believe I still want him to bust his behind on that court, though. 
<laughs> oh, no question, no question. Like, yeah, you can be nice here and there. It's okay, yeah. Dejounte. But what I need you to do is just every now and again, whether you got to give him a little bump or whatever you have to do, kind of take him off the block. I don't really care. Just let him know that yeah, I'm gonna treat you right until it it's time, until it's game time. Now, come October 21st, all eyes are gonna be on State Farm Arena to see yes. what it's looking like. With with Dejounte and Paolo because that is the first time that's actually the second game of the regular season that uh, the Hawks will take on the Magic so it'll be interesting to see but I think too good to see that Dejounte is still a good sportsman right but I also liked what we saw the first time when he told him don't play with me because we are always talking about our teams locally needing that dog yes. and that's the kind of thing that shows me oh you got a little edge oh okay. Mm-hmm. It. We like it a lot, so keep, keep doing that. You can, yep, pick him up off the ground, but just make sure you knock him down on the 21st, okay? And don't think for a second that Travis Lank, that's why he went after him. Because you, you, we know, like, when the, the Hawks faced off against those teams, those teams that meaning the teams like the Miami Heat, who yes. has dogs like all up and down the roster, right. <laughs> like guys who just don't give a, don't give a crap about life, right. and you know they'll, they'll put these hands on you if if need be, uh, like Jimmy Butler, you know, and Udonis Haslam, who is just just a hired goon who just sits on the bench and don't play, so he's right. ready itching. Or even Dwayne, or, 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 or PJ Tucker, you know, yep. what I'm saying like he's yep. just a lot of the dudes just just don't care about life. Like if you try it, they're gonna run up on you. So and I think that. You know, the Hawks need that. There are a lot of nice guys on, on the Hawks roster, and there's nothing wrong with them. Don't get me wrong. But you need a good mixture of nice and guys who who are about that life. And I think DeJounte Murray has proved already that he's about that life. So you definitely want him to bring that 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 you know that type of mentality onto the court because a lot of times that stuff is contagious. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're like, you're like and you want that to wear off on everybody. You mm-hmm. want everybody to get a little bit of taste of that dog. Like, go on JC, yeah, man, go and see uh, what DeJounte going on. If your dog going to get right on those boards, he going to mm-hmm. find you on yeah. offense because yes. DeJounte is a shot creator. So mm-hmm. I think just the makeup of this team, I'm really, like I said before during, the show, um, during our break, I like T. I'm super excited about this team. Yeah. I haven't been excited about the Hawks in quite some time, not even before the 60-game winner. Mm-hmm. I, I am excited about what the Hawks got going on, and I think Travis Schlenk is right is is right in that ship along with Landry Fields. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely excited about everything that we're going to see with the Hawks this season. And you know what? We are excited about the possibility of telling you that the Braves are starting their six-game road trip with a dub. Jake Odorizzi on the mound tonight, so hopefully he will have a decent game. And Get the necessary support from his bullpen because, of course, we know Charlie Martin was stellar last night, but unfortunately, Morton did not get what he needed from the bullpen. Hopefully, they'll turn that around tonight and also get the run support that we actually saw a good bit of in that homestand. And, of course, you already know, Jarvis and I will be here to break down all the ins and outs of Falcons, Jets, and anything else that goes on in the world of sports right here in Atlanta. So again, always check us out first and foremost. We appreciate that. But make your next stop hitting hard with John Chuckery because that's always a good look as well. Thanks again, you guys, for watching us on YouTube. But don't forget to go wherever you download your podcast, Spotify or wherever, and listen in. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?